we're glad that you're here this morning. Looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us. I always anticipate uh, Him speaking to us. Don't y'all? I want to hear from God. You know, I'm, I'm not so excited about hearing a message. I, I want to hear something from God. I want God to deal with me and talk to me. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, think about this. Have you ever been the smartest person in the room? You're leaving, right? For some of us, that could happen if there was no one else in the room. You know what I'm saying? So, today we're going to talk about a guy that I believe was the smartest guy in the room. He was known for his wisdom, and his name is? It is. You know what I like about, you know, sometimes I think one of the reasons why maybe people are considered smart is because they realize they don't know it all. And they don't have all the answers. And uh, when we think about Solomon, we have a tendency to believe, you know, he was, you know, the, the wisdom of Solomon. You know, that's kind of a, a statement that people make because of his decisions that he made that were very wise decisions. And so sometimes you think because a person's like that, you may be around or someone like that, you may be married, anyway, and uh, that has all the answers, your little helper, and uh, so, uh, but I think that uh, what we understand is that they don't have all the answers, and uh, to me, it's a bit encouraging, because sometimes, you know, if you, if you get around folks that you think they know everything, it's kind of a depressing thing, but the reality is that nobody knows everything, and Solomon asked a question, and uh, you would think it because of who he was, this wouldn't be a question, that he would already have the answer to the question that we're going to talk about this morning, but that's not the case. He didn't know. So let me just read it to you. We're going to do a study in Joshua 1 that's going to answer this question. One thing I love about the Word of God, it asks questions, and then it'll answer them for you. And that's why it's important to read all the Word of God, because the answers are there, and the questions are there, and so that's how you learn how you grow. But here's the question he asks. It's in Ecclesiastes 8-7. He says this, for he knoweth not that which shall be. For who can tell him when it shall be? And what he's saying is, how do I face the future? I don't know what the future holds. The song that we just heard, I don't know who holds the future, but I know, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And so that's a comforting thing. But we find that as human beings, we have an insatiable desire to know the future. Am I right? We want to know the future. Do you realize in Port Charlotte, we have a palm reader? I know y'all want the address. And, uh, but we actually have a palm reader in little old Port Charlotte, Florida. It's amazing. And why you would think that couldn't possibly be, but I've seen several years. Anyway, and, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, are, we are, are human beings and we want to know the future. And uh, we know all these astrological signs. And, and if you study all that, that, I was clicking through the TV uh, a couple days ago. Do you know that men click through the TV? We have that gift, the gift of click. And um, I was clicking through the TV, and I ran up on this person called the, the Medium or the Manhattan something or another and all, and uh, this person is supposed to have all the answers, and you look at all that kind of stuff, and people are kind of flocking. But let me tell you about mediums and palm readers, astrological signs. Those things don't work, guys. It doesn't matter how much you get involved that, that stuff doesn't work. Now, I think it's important to understand that. Uh, I, I think it's okay to look at the trends, 
that are happening in our world. I think that's important. I think that we should not put our head in the sand. I think that we need to be informed. I'm not talking about not being informed. We need to be informed. We need to be aware of what's going on. But I think it's important to realize the best you can do, humanly speaking, is an educated guess. So when Solomon asked the question, how do I face an uncertain future? Each of us this morning, we are tuned into that. How do we face the future? And I'm so excited this morning and next week that I'll be able to give you some things from the Word of God that, that will be a blessing to you, that will strengthen you and help you as you plot your course. Now, turn to Joshua 1, and as you're doing that, I want to kind of give you some thoughts on some things that you need to be aware of, some things that you need not to do. We're going to talk about what you need to do, but there are some things, when you look at the future, some things that you need not to do. The first thing we find in Proverbs 27, 1 says this, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And what he's saying here is don't presume about tomorrow. Just because it has been doesn't mean it will always be. Just because it has been, those things have happened, it doesn't mean it's going to always be. And what he's saying is don't boast about tomorrow. Don't presume about tomorrow. I really believe that God doesn't really want us to know the future. I think if we knew what was going to happen next week, we might check out. If we knew what was going to happen next year, we might not. I mean, we'd be so overwhelmed about that reality that we would not be able to live in the present. And so I think it's important that there's some things that we do not know. And yet it's amazing how even though I make that kind of statement, we still do it. We plan without praying. That's presuming about tomorrow. Have you heard this term? Credit buying. 2,000 easy payments. Have you ever made an easy payment? I've never made an easy payment. And so I think it's a very important. There's not truth in advertising. Can't you, can't you believe that on TV everything's not true? It's amazing. It's amazing how that's the case. And so what we need to get up with here, and one of the things that God's saying to us in reference of what not to do, don't presume about tomorrow. The second thing we find in Matthew 6, 34, dealing with some things you don't want to do, Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And what he's saying here is that you don't want to panic about tomorrow. You ever get around people that are, I mean, they're so concerned and, and so worried about tomorrow, and worry is an attempt to control the future, which doesn't work. All worry does is destroy the present. And so it's important not to panic about tomorrow. Uh, worrying is trying to play God. Have you ever done that? You know, worrying about what's going on and fretting about what's going on. Now, I'm not talking about being, there's times I think we need to be anxious about what's happening, but worry is a desperate move on our part. No, I'm so thankful that God has given to us our time in 24-hour increments. And God has given those 24 hours to us and he tells us to redeem the time. He tells us to use that time wisely. And I think it's important that we do so. But I don't think we have to walk around panicking about tomorrow, what's going to take place, what's going to happen tomorrow. The Bible says, give us our day, our annual bread. Just wondering if you were awake or not. He doesn't give us the annual bread. He gives us what, class? Daily bread, because that's all we can handle. 
He gives us what we can handle, you know, and I think it's important to understand as we start thinking about how do I face an uncertain future, there's some things that need to be taken out of our life, and that thing of presuming about the future and panicking over the future needs to be removed. The last thing, we all kind of might relate to this last one, Ecclesiastes 11:4. he that observed the wind shall not sow, and he that regard the clouds shall not reap. And what he's talking about here is don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Don't, don't do that. You know, I think it's very important. What, what the Bible is saying in Ecclesiastes, if you're waiting, now listen to me, if you're waiting for everything to work out in order for you to make a decision, you're never going to make a decision because all things are not going to be in line. Not everything's going to be good. You've got to go ahead and do it anyway. And what he's saying is don't procrastinate. You've got things to do. You need to be doing those things. Don't, don't put it off. I think, I think perfectionism produces procrastination. Time for a poem. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know it ought to change my life. In fact, I will tomorrow. I'm afraid that would be some of y'all's theme song. So don't do those things. Don't, don't, don't presume that everything's going to be the way it is, and, and don't panic. It bothers me when I get around people that call themselves believers, and they're so panicking about this work. It's almost like they think things are just going to happen. There's no control of what's going on. I'm persuaded that there is control and that there's steps or order of the Lord, and God has this thing worked out. And so don't panic, don't presume, don't procrastinate. So what do we do? We turn to Joshua 1 what we do. And Joshua 1, we begin, I want to share something with you, and then uh, next week we'll finish this thing out. God was giving Joshua a pep talk. We all need pep talks, don't we? You all ever get down? I mean, hey, it's a part of life. We get down, and so I, I think it's important that we get these pep talks. I, I, one of the things about on Wednesday night, that we have services on Wednesday night, a church on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock here. Church here, 7 o'clock, Wednesday night. Did I say that? We're still in the book of Acts, verse by verse, on Wednesday night. Anyway, we do church. <clears throat> and so, you know, but sometimes we, we get to a situation that we don't realize that, that God has given us some things, some, some, some pep talks and some encouragement. And one of the things I try to encourage on Wednesday, when you come to a service, look for someone that you can be an encouragement to rather than doing this. Israel, you're in my seat. <laughs> I've seen that happen, guys. And it wasn't funny at the time, but it's funny now. But don't look for ways to be aggravated. Look for ways that you can be a blessing. Uh, try to sit with someone that you don't know. Try to be friendly. What a concept that would be. And so let's do that kind of stuff. Let's be an encouragement. Let's be, we need encouragement. We need to be up. We need that kind of stuff. And God is in that kind of program. And so he was, he was giving Joshua this kind of pep talk, if you will, because he was saying, now, Joshua, man, you're doing well, buddy. Let's go in the promised land. Now, you remember Joshua sent those guys to the promised land? They found out there were seven enemies in the promised land, bigger and stronger than Israel, and all of them had an army. And he also knew this. When you step across that river into the promised land, it's an act of war. So he needed a pep talk. You know what I'm saying? He needs some encouragement. And this is what is going on here. He was encouraging Joshua. He was helping him when it comes to doing the things that God has for him. So, 
three things. We're going to look at one this morning. Three things that we need to do. You get the other two next week. I may, I may even talk, I may talk about the next two on Wednesday night. Anyway, here's the first one. Joshua chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. You there? Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise, this is verse 2 and 3, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. First of all, who's making this promise? Pretty important, isn't it? You realize who's saying this to Joshua. This wasn't one of his buddies. This was God. And God said, hey, every place you go, I'm going to give it to you. And so I think it's important to realize that, that God had a plan. Would you agree? God was not really spontaneous. A lot of people, it's amazing with their Christian life. Sometimes I talk about Christianity, and it almost sounds mystical to me. I mean, it just doesn't sound like it's even real. And so I mean, sometimes we think God, God is just so spontaneous. God is not spontaneous. God is very predictable and planning. The most godly thing you can do is plan. That's the first point when it comes to facing the future. We need to set up a plan. Now, look, at, look there again in that verse. You see this phrase, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. And what he's saying is get ready. The first step, I believe, to success is getting ready. He wanted them to know that this life that we're living is, is a combination of battles and blessings. I'd like to be able to tell you that it's just all blessings, that there's no problems, but there's, there's no difficulty. That's not the case. This life is full of battles and blessings. And what he was saying to Joshua here, to Joshua, this is what I want you to do, but you have some things that you have to do. You, there, you have to take possession of the possessions that I've given you. And I appreciate Joshua. Uh, I appreciate his, his character and his integrity to do the things that God wanted him to do. God says, I want you to go into the land. Now, you understand, there was a, a big movement in Israel not to do that. You do realize that. Ten of those 12 spies that spied out the land came back with negative reports, and that stuff still gets around. I know it was 40 years ago. That stuff gets still stayed I found that negativism and depression kind of hangs if you're not careful. And so he had to deal with that and all. And so he was coming through that. And God said, I want you to get ready. There's something really good getting ready to happen. I say that to you at Sunshine. Guys, buckle up. Get ready. God's getting ready to do something. I don't know about you, but I want to be where God's doing something. I want to be involved with what God is involved with. I do not, and I am weary of simply going through the motions and playing the game called church. Not much in that myself. I, we need to get ready. And this is the thing he was saying to Joshua. Joshua, get ready. Get ready. Some great things are happening. Look at verse 11. He says this also. Pass through the host. Verse 11, chapter 1. Pass through the host. Command the people, saying, prepare your vittles. And what was happening here is that God had talked to Joshua. Now, Joshua was talking to the people. He said, now, what he told them to do, he said, get your supplies ready. The future belongs to the person who's prepared for it. I don't want the world to happen to me. I want it to happen to it. 
God did not leave me here to go along. He had left me here to conquer. We, we have a job to do. We represent the king. They call us ambassadors. We're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. It's about time we step up to the position that God has given us. Notice another phrase I want you to see here. Moses, my servant, is dead. Do you think that Joshua knew that? Amen? Oh, me? I, I think Joshua knew that, so what's the deal? I believe that God was making a very strategic point. Moses, my servant, is dead. Because one of the ways that you prepare for the future is that you let go of the past. One of the ways you prepare for the future is you let go of the past. You know, maybe there's a relationship that is in your life and it has controlled you. Uh, maybe there's been a death of somebody and you you know, you're still kind of holding on to that. Or maybe someone's walked out on you and you didn't want them to walk out on you. You're kind of holding on to that. Or maybe somebody hurt you in the past and they're hurting you right now because you're not dealing with it No. What he's saying to Joshua here is that you have to let go of the hurts. You have to let go of these things. You, you don't want them to control you and and what he was saying was that Moses, my servant, is dead. Death has a way of ending your life. What did he say? Mildred, will you listen? Turn those hearing aids up. I'm, I'm waxing profound today. I mean, these are undisputable facts. I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not treading on nervous ground here. I've pretty got this worked out. And, and the thing that, that is so if you think about what actually God was saying to Joshua that Moses, my servant, is dead. What? Let it go. Moses was a good guy, cool guy. I mean, God's hand was upon Moses, and he did tremendous things. And, man, we see how God used Moses to deal with the Egyptian dudes and, and run out, uh, get out of Egypt and go on, uh, all that Red Sea stuff and all the things he did. But he's dead. He's dead. Let's get on with it. I appreciate what he did. I'm not interested in building any monuments to him. Let's just get on with what we're supposed to be doing. Moses is dead. He's not diminishing Moses' ability or his character or all the blessing he was to the people, but he's gone. It's not about Moses. It's about God. You with me? It's not about Moses. It's what God is doing. Moses did nothing. God worked through Moses. He's gone. You're still here. What are you doing? He makes this promise, Proverbs 20, every purpose is established by counsel, and with good advice, make war, planning. A man's heart devises ways, but the Lord directs his steps, planning. We should make our plans, counting on God to direct us. 
When you plan without getting God's direction, that's called presumptuous. You're being presumptuous. But when you plan prayerfully, that's called wisdom. I think planning is charting the course. You've heard me say this before. I don't mind failing. I don't, even, I don't fear failing. I fear not trying. That's what I fear. I, I fear that because of whatever the obstacles may be or whatever the insurmountable problems may be and because of what people are saying, we have a tendency to say, well, you know, I want to be careful because what if I fail? Well, what if you do? What if you do? Oh, who said you were a success? I want to chew on that a while. I think it's important that, that we, as, as Sunshine Baptist Church, uh, you as individuals, uh, what kind of plans do you have for 2017? Do you know three months are gone already? One-fourth of 2017 is gone. What have you been doing? With what God has told you to do, what have you done with those 90 days that you've had? Those, those, that gift that God, that precious gift of time, those 90 days, what have you done with that? Are you sitting there saying, well, I wish I, wish I could have done that. I wish I would have done that. Why don't you cease from wishing and start doing something? Make some plans. Chart the course. I think planning is a step of faith. I think planning gives direction to your life, to your family, to your finances, to your faith. So how do we face an uncertain future? Do we feel sorry for ourselves? Do we? You ready? Do we depend on our government? Wowzer. That'll help. Do you pray? I pray for my government a lot. I'm glad I'm not them. I mean, tough course they're going on. Only problem with them, what they do affects me. Kind of bums me out. But, uh, so what do we do? How do we, how do we face the future? Well, you don't presume. Just because things have been doesn't mean they're always going to be. You don't panic. Oh, what am I going to do? What's this world coming to? <laughs> I can tell you exactly what it's coming to. We heard the song about it. And don't procrastinate. Well, after all, things are bad anyway. So, no. So what do you do? You plan. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying let's get ready. I'm not really good at catch up, catching the thing up. Uh, let's, 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 let's go. No, no, I believe God left us here to do something. Don't you all think that? I believe God's got something for Sunshine Baptist Church to do around here. Uh, we're not simply here to, to, to take space here on Veterans Boulevard and, and all that kind of stuff. We're here to impact the world. Our business is people. How's business? What are you doing? Why are you guys tomorrow doing homeless coalition? That's our business. We reach out in the community. Why do you go to all those public schools? Because that's our business. That's what we do. It, what happens in sunshine is not needs these walls right here. This is not what's going on. You know why we're here this morning? So I can beat you up. Oh, no, wait. Don't you hate when the truth sneaks out? <laughs> I, was, 
You're tape, you know, you're, you're recording this, aren't you? Mark that off. Because they know I'm sweet and kind and all that junk. What I'm saying, guys, let's get ready. I don't know what the future holds. Except I know ultimately what's going to happen. Yes, I believe in the return of Jesus Christ with all my heart. But I don't know when. And he told me not to be worried about it. What I need to do is what he gives me to do, do the best job I possibly can. Are you ready? This morning, if this life for you ended, would you be ready to meet the Lord? If you died and you went to heaven and God came to you and said, why should I let you into my heaven? Well, what would you tell him? Well, you know, what would you say to him? And you're here this morning, and, and you know, you're one of the things you were planning on doing in 2017 that hasn't worked out. You were making sure, we're going to make sure that you had that personal relationship with God, and we have that personal relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we realize that He paid the price, and He's the one that is our sacrifice, and He's the one that, that provides us a way to heaven. And this morning, you're not real sure about that, and so you're not ready. You're not ready. It always concerns me when we call ourselves Christians. One of, one of the, the, I think, the attributes or the characteristic of a Christian is servants. We serve. If not, what can you do for me? What can I do for you? We had a president years ago made that statement, which is really a very biblical statement. Ask not what Sunshine Baptist Church can do for you. Maybe he didn't say that. But what can you do for Sunshine Baptist? And in turn, Say, well, that's y'all. Sunshine Baptist is not me. Sunshine Baptist is him. This is his church. This belongs to him. And he'll do whatever he wants to do. And all he asks me is to serve. Where are you serving the Lord? And if you're not, doesn't that bother you? You're not ready to meet him. No. This morning, what I want to challenge you with, what I want to encourage you, there's one word that needs to become a part of your vocabulary and your life in general. That word is commitment. We need to be committed to what God has for us. Not committed because people like it, or not committed because, you know, I feel guilty about it, but committed because I believe this book. And I want to do what this book says. And I want to be committed, and I want to plan uh, you know, and I realize that maybe all the plans I have that won't work out, uh, all the plans I may have and, and for whatever reason that happened uh, or God comes back, but I believe God will say, Bill, good planning. You were planning on doing something, weren't you? I'd rather shoot at something and miss it than shoot at nothing and hit it. What do you think, guys? Let's get ready. You know what I believe? The Holy Spirit is our teacher. Would you not agree? He's the one that works in the heart. He's the one that's speaking to you right now. If you're a little bit, a little bit aggravated by what I'm saying, that's not, that's not my problem. I believe God, when I come to church, I'm going to walk out of here. That was fun. I'm going to walk out of here. You know, there's something I need to do. 
There's some stuff I need to be doing. Would you stand in prayer with me? If you're not sure about eternity, I just, I challenge you. Let's, let's, let's take